all guests are equal, but some <laughs> are more equal than others. And I want Mrs. Lewis to know that she fell into that more equal than other category. So <laughs> as I promise, without further ado, uh, CEO of Ashtabe Beauty Products, I hope I got that right, Ms. Taylor Woods. Welcome, Taylor. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Yes. Smile. Oh, Thank great, you. Great energy. Uh, and, and before I get into with Taylor, I, I want to mention a couple other things to our, my audience. I mentioned George Orwell at Animal Farm. You know, with what's all going on in this world today, I think we all should revisit George Orwell, whether it's Animal Farm or 1984. Really, and one of my favorite things that he wrote an essay on politics in the English language. And I encourage everyone to go out and find it, read a copy, because I doubt very much is being teaching that in school today. I know, I wonder if they go off on some type of I'm sorry, they got off on type of type of woke agenda and stuff. <laughs> or a sleep agenda, more like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I recommend that everybody read that reacquaint them with some of the issues that George Orwell brought up in those uh, writings and compare it to what's going on today. So, anyway, that out of the way. All right, uh, Taylor, tell me what you've been up to for the past few weeks and how good life has been for you and business and everything else. I mean, you know, before we before we got on this and started, you know, started this call, you said uh, life is about the perspective that you have on it. Um, and if you had asked me this a couple of weeks ago, I would have said my perspective was looking real rough. <laughs> It was, um, you know, I, one of the things that I really like to do is continue educating myself, continue getting new knowledge. And, um, in December I signed up for this digital marketing boot camp Cause I was like, you know what? I've taught myself a lot, but I really want to learn even more. And it was through Georgia tech. It was four and a half months long. It was three nights a week, three hours at a time with assignments on top of running Ashtay and my property management company. It was a lot, but somehow I was managing it. I was juggling it. I was joining Zoom calls in the airport, trying to catch a flight, joining Zoom calls uh, on the plane, on mobile. Don't tell the airlines because you're not supposed to do that, but I definitely have, you know, like literally just trying to catch Zoom calls wherever I was, wherever in the world, wherever in the country. Um, and that last week, I don't know, I don't know why it just all came upon me like this boulder that just avalanched from out of nowhere. And just that whole last week, I was just crying every day. I was crying every day. I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I was just, oh, it was rough. But <laughs> the final night. I pulled it together. I don't know how, by the grace of God, just pulled it together, got done what I needed to get done and put that thing behind me. So, yeah. It's very interesting that you should say that because I went through a similar experience and still going through it to a certain extent. But once again, uh, you just have to be tenacious and spiritual and perspective and attitude and response and all that good stuff. But you're right. Business-wise, family issues, uh, tenant issues, just all kinds of stuff. And a lot of it I realized because I tend to want to help people 
And if people know you're the one who want to help them, everybody just gravitates towards you. Yeah. And uh, I'm from a culture, and boy, sometimes I think it's good, sometimes I think it's bad. But I'm from a culture where people never said no. You ask a person to do something for you, they said yes. And it's kind of mm -hmm. like in The Godfather. Friends don't turn down friends for a favor. Ooh, kind of I don't know about that. I, I, I know. I understand. It. But, you know, the, the thing about it is people tell me I need to learn this style. I say no. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, but uh, I understand that. So uh, how did you pull through that? Uh, just you said prayer and, and uh, just being a strong, tough lady that you are, huh? Okay. I'm gonna be honest. I really don't know. Like that day, that font, that that last day, we had this project that we were supposed to have been working on for three weeks. Um, and of course, you know, I, I paid all this money for this course. I'm doing this project on Ash Tay. I'm not about to do this project on Dunkin' Donuts. So mm -hmm. it's 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 a project for class, but it's also you know a project for our business. And um, I just remember at four o'clock, I was just crying. <laughs> I was just crying. And then fast forward, I remember being 6.30 and classes started and um, people started giving their presentations and I'm literally like working on mine while people are online and uh, eight 8.30 rolls around and it's my turn. And I was like, well, they're, just, they're about to get what this is. Because it was literally, like, I just, I don't know. Time just kind of flashed between four o'clock and six thirty. I don't know how I got it together, but I just I did somehow. Well, and that's a good lead in to a couple of things. First of all, people who uh, follow me regularly uh, know that I focus on four what I call four pillars of accomplishment. No, four pillars of improvement for our community. Mm -hmm. uh, the first number one is God. Number two is family. I think we really got to uh, restore our families and put them back together and be healthy families. Uh, number three is just education in school. Yeah. Uh, I tell people, well, just the American population in general, I'm surprised what people don't know. And I'm talking about college-educated people with advanced degrees. I'm just constantly shocked. True. And I'm, as I said before, I'm finally realizing that a lot of people look at education as something I got to do to get a job. But I always just loved educating. Yeah. Learning stuff. And, uh, I tell people, I've loved every class I've ever taken. I've loved every job I've ever taken. Even if I started off, I just learned a lot of stuff. So yeah. About, yeah, God, family, education, and finally business development, creating wealth uh, through business development. And so that's where I, people like you, I like to have on and showcase because uh, you're taking that step. It's risky. I tell people all the time, there's a reason most people work nine to five jobs. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Doing what we're trying to do, I mean, it's just tough, man. It's just very yeah. tough. Very and uh, so I really appreciate that. But what I was going to segue into is that you talked about the trials and tribulations that you were going through. And I, in just reading about you, I know faith has played a big part in what you and your family has done in the growing of Ash Tate. Why don't you uh, maybe tell our audience, uh, share with them the role that faith has played uh, for you and your family in the business world. I know you got the beauty products place and you got, uh, I think you got a, a real estate kind of development. 
company. By the way, I've been to some of your builders. You don't know that in uh, Greens Greensboro, North. You got a place in Greensboro, North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been there a few times. Okay. Yeah, right. You uh, uh, one time I was there, but anyway, explain to our audience uh, what role faith has played in your life and in the business world of you and your family and Ashtate products. Yeah, I mean, I think for each of us, it really plays a different role. Um, you know, for my dad, my dad is one, his faith meter is like to the moon, to the galaxy. It's just, you know, the 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 buildings that, that he's acquired have been literally with a check with with faith in the in the boxes you know what i mean like it was just it, you know he has so many stories about that you know even the building that, that you went to in greensboro about on the day of closing he decides to ask my mom okay do we have the money you know just here he is you know three months into the deal to buy this million dollar building and finally the day that you hand over the check he's gonna ask do you have the money you know um you know do we have the money <laughs> So, you know, he always uses faith. Um, you know, we have a property in Charlotte, our Charlotte vacation rental. Um, and that one was one that when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, blah, blah, blah. You know, I didn't really think anything of it. But um, when he saw it, he immediately sees it's possible and goes after it and works the deal without having the money to back it yet just works the deal knowing and believing that the money will come um and it's worked every time it's it, it's crazy it's, it's absolutely insane um for me i feel like the biggest thing that i have experienced especially recently like i would say within the past you know 6 to 12 months is the bible and god gives me peace and as someone who, you know, we talked about it, you, you asked me last time, you know, what's some advice that I would give people, you know, to protect what's in their mind. For me, as someone whose biggest enemy and biggest challenge is themselves and their thoughts, peace for me is so important. And I finally, finally... I think maybe fall of last year, I finally understood, I had a real life example for myself of what peace that surpasses all understanding really means. Yes. Um, and even since then, I've had several examples of that in my life that I'm just like, you know what? I don't understand, but oddly enough, God has just given me this peace about it that I'm just like, okay. Don't stress. Yeah, um, and I, I just, I just that to me goes so so far for for our clients, right? You know, within Ashtay, we have these principles of faith, family, and finance, and even within the Mike and Mona brand, that's like the pillars that we talk about. Um, and one of the one of the one of this this lady, she said, Taylor. She's like, I don't mean to be offensive, but you know, every time I experience Ashtay at events, she was like, it's like you guys take your clients to church. Mm. And um, it's it's literally that type of environment that we build even amongst our clients. 
Um, you know, for our Beyond the Chair conference last year, we brought in Jonathan Nel Nelson, the gospel singer, to come in and sing on that Sunday morning. You know, we do morning motivation. We have a Sunday service. Um, we really incorporate all of that into what we do as a business. Um, so it, 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 it's very different than some businesses that might be, you know, they don't, they don't talk about religion. They're not praying, that sort of thing. Whereas it's, we are incorporating God into the kingdom that we're creating. I love that story. By the way, uh, I don't know whether I shared this with you, but uh, I had a major health event uh, at this time last year. In fact, the anniversary coming out on June 15th, I had a surgery. And uh, I was just in so much, in such a situation where basically I, I was out for 10 days. I was unconscious for 10 days and I came back and, well, I'm not going to get into it. I told people I died and came back to life. But long, yeah. long story short, while I was in there recovering, my mind came back. I was, I was listening to some T.D. Jakes because I like him. And he told the story of uh, how he went out and dug this hole for a swimming pool <laughs> without, without having the money lined up or anything. It took him a while to get the money. And uh, he was saying he reached a point where he said, if I don't get the money, we're going to have the biggest swimming pool in Dallas. So eventually <laughs> they got the money. He just stepped out on faith. Uh, I've seen that a few times because things does can get tight, but yeah. uh, faith will see you through. And I've had I got so many stories to tell like that. So I really love your story. Uh, the other thing you mentioned is and I. <laughs> Let's get into this. That your dad turned to your mom for the check. Yeah. <laughs> and before you answer that, where I'm going, I did read a little bit about the early days of Aste products. I read about your dad, and yeah, he is a guy that steps out on faith. Yeah. And your mom is seeing it sound like the more practical one, which is like my wife is really back in. But uh, what struck me, well, a couple of things. First of all, the small detail is that. Somewhere in that article, it says your mom responded with some expertise when your dad told her, and I, I think it's public record, that, that he was going to go off and do this. Uh, do you mind sharing a little bit of that? If, if it I was starting the company, yeah. Yeah, so. think, yeah so your mom um. felt like she was very challenging and might not have thought that was a good idea to leave his job at this other supply company and start up Ashte. You recall any of that? I think I, if she she was for it. It was uh, he was he was working. He was on I think a commission basis, right, and making a lot of money. You know, my dad is a really really great sales guy, so he was making a lot of money. And then um, the company was making some changes where it was going to switch to salary. And so no longer, you know, there, there, would, there would be some sort of cap on right. that. Um, um, and he didn't want that. And so that's when my mom told him, well, how about you just go and start your own blankety blank business? Oh, that's, that's oh gotcha. That's what, okay, good, good. I like that spin better than my interpretation of it. I, li I like that a lot better. And... Part of that article indicated, too, that God sent somebody your way when things were getting tough and they were able to come in and buy some equity in the company and infuse some cash in there. Uh, you mind sharing a little of that or how that happened and, 
eventually they brought you in and you started out as the event director or something like that. And now you're CEO. Take us through that period and we'll get up to date and talk about some other things here shortly. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, any product-based business, I mean, even non-product businesses, any business, right, continuously, continuously needs cash to grow. Mm -hmm. um, unless you just want to maintain where you are, you always need capital, i.e. money, i.e. cash, dollar bills, mm -hmm. uh, to grow. Um, and so we were at a point where we really, really needed to grow. And there's been several things that, that we've been able to get a, a, along the years, you know, like, you know, Wells Fargo Small Business Awards and different grants um, that we've been able to get to kind of propel uh, our company forward. And one of the big things um, that we were able to get without our knowledge was being on the Profit TV show back in 2017. Um my sister actually applied us for that uh, without our knowledge. And uh, lo and behold, we found out we got selected. That is how we found out that she had applied. So that was a really, really awesome opportunity. Um, it was a lot of work. Oh my gosh, it was a lot of work. You know, you see a 30, 60 minute episode, uh, that was six months of process and procedures and filming and, you know, different tasks and things like that. There was a lot of things behind the scenes. Um, but it allowed us to make, I feel like the most significant change that we did was a complete rebrand for our organization, um, which was great. It was very, very, very timely. You know, we had been, what at that time, it was, you know, 23 years in business. Um, so that, you know, is a very significant amount of time to come in with a brand new logo. Um, it allowed us to really expand our business and just, Think about it in new ways that we hadn't thought about it before. So I was very, very excited about that. Um, and so that's when I, I, I guess, you know, we formalized my role. Um, I was working full time within the company and then I had left because working in a family business can become very, very challenging. Um, but then I came back and my former role was to be director of trade shows and events. Um, before that, my parents, they are kind of that that old school employer that you don't have job titles and you don't have job roles. Like you just do what needs to be done. Like that was the type of employer <laughs> that, yeah. that they were. And um, it's been over the past few years that they have evolved into understanding why we need job titles and job descriptions and parameters and, um, you know, giving people ownership of, of their areas and that sort of thing. And, and also our organization was a lot smaller back then. So we really didn't need to have that. Whereas now we have a larger staff, we have more people working within our organization. And so having job titles is very important. Yes, it is. Um, That's why I need HR people to real me because I'm kind of like your mom and dad and stuff. And I need experts and subject matter experts to handle the details. Uh, but, you know, I must share with you, though, I, uh, I always was partial to people where you just point them in the direction and they create their own job. And, you know, just you just give them a general idea and go after it. Yeah, it was a situation where, but I'm old school too. I had a situation where people would tell me exactly what I got to do. I'm like, nah, I got to point you in the right direction. And to be honest with you, my personality is just point me, tell me, give me a general idea of what I need to do, 
And I always loved it because I could define my own, I could job description, really. So I always liked that. But that's a, that's a very, very good story. Now, earlier you were mentioning, I think, some of your travels. Why don't you give us uh, an update on your world traveling, your jet setting, uh, Taylor, that you've done since the last time we've talked. And you mm. better not mention some luau in Hawaii or somewhere. <laughs> no, no, no. Very jealous here. Yeah. When was when was the last time we talked? About what three? How long ago? I got to graphy about four weeks ago. Studio, right? Four. No, four no, no. Ago? It was longer, longer well, than four, that. About two months ago. Let's imagine it was two months ago. Let's let's just pick a time frame. I'm a, let's make an executive decision. We executive minded people. Let's huh? say the last couple of months. Uh, have you been doing much traveling at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, but still sticking to my maximum of two times per month. <laughs> ah, okay. um, uh, at least I try to. Um, then again, I also don't count one day turnaround. So, you know, it, it, it's a loose. Two, I need to be, my rule is I have to be home two weekends per month. I want, I have a Saturday routine. I, you know, sometimes I go to, to the gym. I go to the farmer's market. I rest, I relax, I might go on the belt line, I might bike. Like I just I want to be home on the weekends. So mm-hmm. two weekends a month, I am home. Um outside of that, I mean in February, I was in Colorado for a leadership summit. March, end of March, we had to go to no no. no. Oh, end of end of March. Um I went to Guatemala. Um the US Embassy invited uh me to speak at an event down there. Um then went to came back, turn around, went to Anaheim, California, uh, for a big award show that we sponsored. Um, came back, turn around, and went to Grand Canyon. That was quite fun. That was a personal trip. I went on a yoga retreat, and uh, since then, I'm trying to think. Uh, I had to go to New York last week, um, but yeah, and then headed to France next week. <laughs> Ah, uh, must be rough. Uh, <laughs> I I have not been to New York since the pandemic. Yeah, uh, New York is one of my favorite cities. And, uh, really, I love it. And I hope it hasn't changed too much. Love the city. I used to I used to this time you make three or four trips a year out there. Really. Now you mentioned the Guatemala, and uh, that caught my attention. <laughs> exactly what you were doing in Guatemala. I hope I Um. So, uh, you know, one of one of our business goals over the next five years is to export abroad, right? Where Ashtay is available in several different countries abroad, where Afro Latina and African and you know just different people of African descent can buy the products in their home country. That is that is my goal for the country for, for the company as we expand. Um, so this came not even because we knocked on the door, not even because we tried, but just literally um, uh, an official emailed me and was like, I want to invite you to come and speak. And uh, here's my phone number. And I called him and I'm like, you know, trying to make sure this is legit, you know, make sure this isn't the cartel, you know, right. <laughs> at me. Um, but it was it was very real. Um and uh, it was um, a workshop for these young women that are part of the Garifuna population, which is basically the Black and minority African descendants located in Guatemala. It's surprisingly a very, very small percentage, like 1% um, of their population. 
But um, we came, we went down there to speak, um, talk about what it's like being business owners in the U.S. We talked about the products. We had product demonstrations. We gave products away. Um, we also met with the uh, U.S. ambassador and then a few um, supermarket uh, buyers in that area as well. Wow. As a Southern country boy like me would say, that sounds like high cotton. Uh, you were in some hot cotton there. Now, were these the uh, officials from Guatemala that invited you? Oh, wow. Yeah, this was, this was, uh, his name is Julian. He's, well, I think he's no longer there. Now he's, his next destination is going to be somewhere else. Um, but yes, th this was a diplomat in the U.S. Embassy. So, <laughs> uh, and they, they got my information from um, someone else within, within the Department of Commerce that knew that this was a goal of mine. So, um, it was crazy. I told, I told the team the following week, I said, y'all, our name is being spoken in rooms that we don't even know exist. So it's, no, a, it's I, an amazing I this before we go on, but because I'm, I'm a traveler, I like, I always have to ask about your favorite experience in these different countries and your favorite meal, your favorite experience and your favorite meal. They may be one and the same, but when you went to Guatemala, Guatemala, uh, what was your favorite experience and what was your favorite meal? Most memorable. Oh, I thought you meant favorite meal of any country. Oh, see that. Oh, let's go there. Oh, okay. Honestly, hands down, I, I I am dreaming about this, and I'm going to. I already have a reservation for May 29th to go back to this restaurant because I've been dreaming about this for two years. <laughs> there is this pork that I had at this restaurant in Cannes in the south of France that was absolutely to die for like you could stab me while i'm chewing this pork and i will be happy i will die and go to heaven like as long as i can just have one more piece of that pork <laughs> that is how i feel honest to goodness and then also in so, a go ahead, smaller huh? place this chicken this chicken in this tiny little restaurant in nice like the restaurant can fit you know 12 people. It's very small. But it was the best chicken I think I've ever had in my whole life. Wow. It's so good. Oh, God. I'm thinking about both of them. I'm thinking about both of them. <laughs> now, you kind of sneak that in. Like, you're going on the 29th of this month or next month to France where this delicious meal is. <laughs> is, that, is that what you just told me? Yeah. And uh, is it um, personal business or both? Um, so business, this is, uh, our Ashtay getaway. So even though we are a product company, this is, everybody thinks this is super random. Um, but we've been doing this since the very beginning. Um, my parents, they, we were going on a family trip to Hawaii and, uh, I had just been born and a client found out that my parents were going to Hawaii and they go, Oh, well, I want to go too. Her name is Julia. Miss Julia from South Carolina. She goes, I want to go too. And my parents are like, no, it's a family trip. And she's like, no, 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 I'm coming. <laughs> and so um, Miss Julia, and next thing you know, like dozens of other people are on this trip as well. And so that's how the Ashtay getaway started. Like it was just people wanted to travel with us. Um, and every single year since 94, 93, uh, we have been going on 
an Ashtay getaway to a luxurious destination somewhere in the world. So we've done Paris, Rome, Rio de Janeiro, Jamaica, Cancun. Um, this year, uh, next week, will be south of France. Um, and January of next year, we'll be celebrating 30 years in business. So we are going back to Dubai since that was all of our clients' most favorite trip. <laughs> yeah, I saw you doing a little disco in or something with uh, you're doing a little dancing yeah. in Dubai. We had a uh, pajama party. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Now, this getaway yeah. uh, is this annually, and have you ever missed a year? No, not even during the pandemic. Um, we've literally never missed a year. So, uh, one thing about us is we're gonna travel. Um, now we did change the location for 2021 2020 our getaway happened literally two months before the pandemic so that was perfect we that was when we went to where did we go i think that was when we went to dubai yeah um and then 2021 we were supposed to go to south africa but um we ended up pivoting it and changing 2021 to hawaii and then we did 2022 we did south africa um, and then this year is South of France. So we've never missed a year. Every year we have between 110 to 130 people travel on these trips. So it's it's a big group. And people come from all over, like literally all over to go on this trip. It's not just stylists. It's literally like anybody. Just people sign up. We have nurses that come, teachers that come you know, yoga instructors, EMT, a bus driver, or I think she's retired now, but retired bus driver, retired women, uh, couples, singles, parents, kids, people bring their kids. It's a, it's a family affair, Ashtay family affair. So one of these days you might have a podcast hosted, a business owner from Minneapolis and his wife, which you Hey, come on. Yeah. And I might bring a few of my friends, but I'll make sure they know how to behave. <laughs> Look, uh, what happens on the Ashtay getaway stays on the Ashtay getaway. <laughs> now, is there information on your website about your getaways? or? Yeah, absolutely. So all of our trips can be found on ashtaygetaways.com. All right. Uh, now, what... What's your plans and what's your challenges business-wise, if any, going forward here? And how are you planning on addressing those challenges, if you have any? Well, we always have challenges in business. It's, it's, it's always a challenge. But uh, what is, what's your biggest challenge going forward as you see it right now? You know, I'm always going to say it, it, it's me against me all the time. I feel like that is a big part of it. Um I think the biggest challenge is there is no playbook or handbook on how to grow from here. Um, I believe I know what needs to be done. So now it's just about doing it, right? Which is why I'm saying like, it's me versus me, like just getting out of my head to just get these things done that I believe will take us to the next level. But there's just, there, there's no handbook, right? You can, you can take a course on, how to, you know, make six figures in, in your business. You can take a course probably to, you know, how to get to a million, but there's not any courses that tell you how to get to 10, 20, 30. And that's the part that is, oh, 
okay. At this point, I'm just making stuff up as we go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do have advisors, right? I do have a business coach. I do talk to different people. I do read books, all that good stuff, right? But the I feel like the bigger you get, sometimes the scarier it can be to implement these things. Um, at the same time, I'm grateful that because we are so agile, we're able to make changes and adjust very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, that's probably my biggest challenge is I wish there was just a... I could just pick up this book and it tells me, Taylor, step one, step two, step three, step four, do this and you'll be good. Um, But it's also just not the way that the world works. The fact that we're just in such a very fast paced environment and such a global economy, everything changes so quickly. Um, Learning the ins and outs of exporting globally is also um, an interesting challenge for me, just understanding the politics of that, understanding how that works. Um, I'm grateful to say that I'll be headed to Africa uh, in the end of summer. Um, So on a trade mission trip through the Department of Commerce to kind of learn more about opportunities to export to countries in Africa um, but this is still, I'm still in the learning process of understanding how it works. I know how to sell a product to somebody in Georgia. I know how to sell right, a product right. to somebody in California, but, um, selling to, you know, a rep in Cape Town, South Africa is a very different thing. So a couple of things, and you know, every once in a while, I think in these interviews, I throw a little curveball at you, but I've learned that you can hit the curveball. So I don't mind doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once again reading doing a little background reading uh your dad as i understand it based on what i read I and mean, by the way i learned i can't believe everything i read so i want to put that disclaimer out there but it did mention something about him having a vision of a large global company and is that still the vision and you're the one that needs to make that happen, right, uh, Ashton? So are you still trying to compete, eventually compete and go global? Well, you're already a global company, but you want to – I think he was talking mentioning Amazon and, and big companies like that is where he eventually wanted to go. Is that still one of the goals? Well, not to Amazon or big box retailers within the U.S., um, but, yes, we do want to – have a more global footprint. Um, Right now, we sell mainly within the US, Canada, and then we have distributors in several Caribbean islands. Um, Because, you know, the Caribbean is right there. It's easy to send freight and to send air shipments um, to our distributors there. Um, Now, getting things to Central America, South America, Africa, Europe, that is the next stage of this global process. And that's where um, it becomes a little bit more difficult. We have to get more strategic about it. When my dad first, you know, started laying the groundwork in Trinidad and Tobago and the Bahamas, he flew out there himself and was getting the word out there from salon to salon, right? He was that door-to-door salesman. And then eventually we got a distributor there and they became, you know, that person for those specific countries. Personally, I'm not going to South Africa to go door to door to salons, right? right. Mm-hmm. So now it's about, okay, so how can I recreate that success, but in a new way? And that's where, again, 
I don't have a manuscript for this. I don't have a playbook for this. It's kind of figuring it out and trying things, but also not trying to go bankrupt while doing it. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's where your faith come in at. Yeah. Uh, and and you got to be careful because you got to strike a balance. There's business things you have to do for God to make it successful. But uh, I've always kind of walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the way I look at it. Uh, other thing is, you keep mentioning, were you, any of your parents uh, born outside of the U.S.? Because that seemed to be kind of like a global world perspective that I don't find that often with, uh, to be honest, Black people born in America. I, you know, I had to go straight to the point. So I, this global mm -hmm. perspective, well, either your parents or both of them born outside of the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, so my dad was born in North Carolina in a very, very small town called Aiden, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom was, uh, she's Dominican, but technically she was born in Puerto Rico uh, because my grandfather was Dominican Na Navy. So that's where they were stationed at the time. Right. Um, so, yeah, we do have a global mindset. You know what I mean? Even my sister now, she lives in France. You know, it's... Uh, my my niece Ivory was born in Singapore. You know, it's it's it's. I love we it. live in a very very global society right now. I love it because one thing I like about the global perspective, because if you aren't careful, they will give you tonal vision about what's going on here. Yes, and the tone vision that they give you can be so negative that you really aren't going out there competing like you should and understanding that you're in control of your own life and things like that. So I, I caught that uh, 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 during our conversation. I got to uh, throw something in there that you, huh? just, you just made me think of about a lot of times we don't have that global mentality, right? So last week I was in New York and it was for a funeral in our family. And I did not rent a car. I mean, it's New York City, like you're going to get around in cabs, right? But um, we were in Brooklyn and the hotel that some of my family members were staying at and the church, they were, you know, within a couple of miles of each other. Now, a couple of miles in, in Brooklyn can take you 25 minutes to get there in a cab. Um, and it can cost you $30. I mean, it's just something ridiculous. So, but now I'm, I'm a very much about my fitness, right? And I said... Um, when I got off the plane, I went to go eat at this restaurant I've been wanting to eat at. And then when I left the restaurant, I biked four miles to the hotel. And then uh, my cousin was asking me, okay, well, how are you getting to the church? Because we don't have space in our car. I said, I'm going to bike there. It's just a mile, like 1.3 miles down the road. That's, that's easy. And they looked at me like, huh? And so one of my younger cousins, I don't know. I don't know. She's got to be eight, nine, 10 years old, you know, she was like, bike, bike, what do you mean bike? And I said, yes. I said, there are whole countries and societies that depend on biking for their everyday transportation. Like you go to France and, and Italy and Spain, and there are men biking to work in a full suit. Like it is very much the norm. So me biking, you know, in the attire that, that I was going to wear to the funeral, I was like, this isn't that big of a deal. Like, it's a mile. That's not even that far. But it's that 
not having that global perspective, right, of understanding, hey, in America, we drive everywhere, but worldwide, that's not the norm. Like, that's how we do things here. But walking and biking and and sometimes boating, like, those are the way, that's the way that people get around more than driving. Yeah. You remind me of a couple of things. First of all, uh, St. Juan, Puerto Rico was the worst scariest place for me to drive ever in a car. Uh, it was the very first time. I, I, I never take out insurance, you know, because I got my own insurance. insurance there. Boy, I'm like, this is the first time ever. I wish I had taken out insurance. Ooh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah I don't transition, know. though, to uh, the bike story. Amsterdam, you're right. Just about everybody ride a bike. It just reminded me, we, we got a business meeting in Amsterdam. We're riding a taxi. And the lady with the child on the back of a bike, she actually runs into the cab. Oh. But you know, the, everybody around us, we thought, we didn't think we were gonna get out, the cab drivers would get out there alive. So that's reminds me of, of all the biking I've seen in Europe also. So I know where you're coming yeah. from. Uh, question for you, your products, where are they manufactured or made or, or, or assembled or whatever at? What, what's your main uh, locations of uh, producing your products uh, here in the USA, New York. That's a good answer. I like that. Okay, good, <laughs> yeah. good, good, good. Uh, yeah. Any particular cities or any particular city? Uh, New York and Chicago. Ooh, that's not like an expensive place to manufacture stuff, but okay. You, you, you got to uh, You got to go where the facilities are. So yeah, I guess that's true. I I, I, I love that. Uh, and then also. Uh, I think you live in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and Atlanta is known for a very vibrant black entrepreneurial environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that a reputation well deserved? And does that have something to do with the fact that you do live in Atlanta? Yeah, I, I like it was an adjustment at first, but I do think that's one of the reasons why I did want to live here. And I think it's one of the reasons why I have decided to stay here, you know, at least for a, a significant amount of time. Um, you know, I'm a member of a co-working space as a minority owned, black owned co-working space here in Atlanta. And everybody in there is black entrepreneurs or um, black creatives or, you know, just black consultants or whatever, whatever they do. Um, and it's it's just I like going I don't go every single day, but I love going at least, you know, once a week or twice a week to just like be in the environment. Um, and then even like different networking events that I go to, there's just it's it's definitely a rep- rep- reputation that's well deserved. Um, there is there are a lot, a lot of black business owners here in Atlanta, a lot. I mean, it, it's way more than any place I've ever lived before. Well, I'm old enough to remember when uh, Washington, D.C. was considered Chocolate City. Probably still is. Cause <laughs> I, think it's, well, I think it's losing that. I think it's losing that. Now, I guess Atlanta has taken that spot. Uh, and I wish very well. I know you're doing very well down there. Except I had a business associate and I kind of believe it, I don't know, who indicated, and you get this anywhere you go, though, that it's kind of clickish. You got to know somebody. You got to get in the click. How much of that is true? 
uh, as far as Atlanta is concerned and your business uh, contacts and networking? So I have heard that as well. Um, I will say this. I don't necessarily network in Atlanta for my business. So I don't experience that. Like the networking that I do in my city is just merely a social, it's a social networking thing. Um, whereas I'm not necessarily networking, you know, we're, we're a beauty industry based company. So most of the time when I do network with people, it's at different trade shows that I'm going to. And those trade shows are happening in other cities. Um, so those industry professionals live all over that. That's the type of networking that I do. Um, but for the most part, I, I, I can't say that it's not true, but I also can't say that I have experienced that, uh, fully I've, I've experienced it, you know, a little bit, a few years ago before I moved here. Um, but I haven't experienced it fully, and I hope that I don't, because quite honestly, that foolery is not for me. <laughs> it's not for me. So I would rather be by my lonesome than deal with that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm the same way. So from a business perspective, uh, if you don't mind, give us like a high level uh, type of view of your team at Ashtay, because I mean, you're all, I mean, you're, you're the face of the company. And a lot of times what you're doing, and I don't mean, it's almost like PR type things and you need some people there actually getting the work done. And so give us an idea of your team there. And do you have a chief operating officer and things that help you out as you are having a great time in science, eating great meals? Uh, give us an idea of your team. Um, so my mother, Ramona, she is our current CFO. Um, so she handles all the finances of the business. Um, within house, we have several employees and contractors. Um, we have a director of trade shows and events. We have someone that's over marketing. We have a creative director. We have several graphic designers and video editors on staff. Um, we have two in-house um, call center reps, and then we are in the process of adding some additional ones um, uh, next month. Um, and then we also we outsource other things. So things like legal, we outsource accounting, we outsource um, payroll, we outsource. So those are handled by other companies. Okay, and uh, so I'm going to respect your time here uh, and uh, touch on a few areas, and then I'm going to let you go and go to the gym or, or uh, all those great things you normally do. Uh, as we talked the last time, and, you know, my pet peeve is we as a community, and whether you're talking about people of color or poor communities, we really have to get out here and compete. Yeah. And I can indicate globally. Yeah. And we have to take risks with our money. 
yeah. startup businesses is. Uh, yes, it might not be fair, even though I found that a lot of times what uh, getting capital and stuff is difficult for everybody, but that's a way of getting it done. But you got to work a little extra hard, though. But yeah. uh, uh, give us some encouragement to maybe some young people sitting out there uh, with an idea to start a business, but they don't quite know whether they can do it or not. Uh, That's and easy. we understand how hard it is but give some encouragement to that audience to that part of my audience It's th this is what I tell people who are thinking about starting something right you just have to start doing it because you honestly don't know if the idea is going to work until you try you don't know if you're going to like doing said idea until you try. And you don't know how people are going to respond to it until you put it out there. A lot of times people, they, they go around asking, oh, would you buy X if I did this? Or, you know, would you support my business if I did this, right? And of course, 10 out of 10 times, people are going to say yes. Who would be dumb enough to say no? Yes. Nobody is going to tell you, if you start a business, bro, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to support you. Nobody's going to say that. But when you start the business and then you ask for cash money for your services, for your goods, for your products, that's a different story. Yeah. And I think there's this, there's this assumption that if you start this business, that you're going to like doing it. And I feel like that's something that people really, really skip over that sometimes you start something and realize you don't like it. And that to me just outweighs everything else. Like, you know what? I don't really like this. This isn't for me, right? Like it could be a great idea, but it might not be for you, right? There was um, it, it, just an example of that, right? Mike and Mona, my parents' personal brand, they do a lot of motivational speaking at churches and events and conferences. And um, we started a membership club um, during the pandemic. And the people really enjoyed it, right? They were getting a lot out of it. But to be quite honest, my mom, you know, she liked doing it. But my dad, he didn't like doing it. And it, it just, it really came down to, you know, so we ended up ending the, the membership program. Um, and, and it was really that simple. He just didn't like it. It's just, it's literally that simple. You can have a great idea. There are tons of people who have membership programs, subscription programs, mentorship clubs, that type of thing. He did not like it. And wow. so it doesn't matter how much money the business can make. It doesn't matter about the impact that you're having on other people if you're not happy doing it. Right. So I tell people, look, just try it. If you don't like it, if it's not making money, if it's not successful, then go back to what you were doing before. Right. Or try right. something new. And, and not be afraid of failure because yes. I'm working with a potential investor now and I'm so glad that he said failure is part of it. Yes. And uh, I've never been afraid of failure. You reminded me of something also. You know, I got I got 10 stories for every subject at least. I'm sure you uh, do. <laughs> but uh, you reminded me of a gentleman. Once again, I'm going back to my hometown. Uh, okay, Mississippi. Only, yeah, that's just Mississippi. I'm just so proud of it. 
but uh, I was down there. He has something called uh, what's it called? The milkshake shop or something like that. Okay. And uh, I'm thinking of you know nice cheeseburger stuff. Anyway, long story short, I'm thinking about starting a restaurant. So I'm asking. No, it's called a mall shop. I'm asking him all these questions about what I should do. And you got to understand Southerners, and I like them. I know a lot of people got these stereotypes about the South, but I love the South. And, uh, you know, white gentleman with the Southern drawl and everything, the kind that most people think are a bunch of racists and stuff, but they're not. Uh, but after a while, you know, he sit there talk to me and ask my question for about 10 minutes. And after a while, he just stopped. He said, look, just go find your place and open up and start cooking. And that's that's simple. All this is the question you're asking me. So it goes along with uh, 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 what you were saying there. Uh, hey, another thing I picked up in some of your uh, answers here, it's your mom and dad. Uh, they're still married, right? Yeah. But how many years, by the way? Um, This year will be 32 years, I think. And here's the thing. What I picked up and what I liked is that they're going through all this together. There yeah. can be some stress. There can be some strains. There can be some different ideas and different way of doing things. But they have stuck together through it all. Yeah. And I just love that. And when I tell people, my mom and dad, uh, they uh, renewed their vows 50, after their 50th anniversary. And, and I tell mm -hmm. people, I come from no one got divorced. I don't know any divorce people come kind of away. We just we just took it seriously. Yeah. And that 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 strong commitment. And most people know I, I've been with my wife ooh, over 46 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We've been married 36 years. And probably the greatest accomplishment because yes. heard heard me say that too. Marriage is what separates men from the boys. You know, mm -hmm. you can you can talk all you want, but it's something about getting in there. Working with uh, a lady, with the wife and husband, working together and going through things and pain and joy and death yeah. and birth and things like that, and finding out a way to just hang in there and stick together. And as a man, yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I don't hesitate to tell people, look, I was just a spoiled little brat uh, when I got married. Didn't have any idea what I was <laughs> getting into. But uh, my wife saw something in me. <laughs> That's all that counts. Yeah, and uh, I got a lot of on-the-job training. These new age uh, women don't believe I, in that. I know, man. In fact, I was kind of, and you know, I, I'm not as disciplined probably as I should be in some of these uh, interviews. But uh, I was just so disappointed when I was in a uh, store a few weeks ago and a lady had five children. She was like 26 years old and they started talking about marriage and stuff. She was never interested in it. And uh, in talking to a lot of the young ladies nowadays, it's a status symbol to have a child. Even if you don't have a man in your life. And those are the type of small things that are going on in our culture that I personally think we don't pay enough attention to. So you're correct there. I, in fact, I talked about family and I've been upfront publicly about this. We black men need to start marrying the mothers of our children. 
And until we start doing that, and I, I work with some players and stuff, we've had these conversations. This craziness out in these streets is not going to stop. And then yeah. what compounds it too, I see our, uh, a lot of our young black males, the environment that they're being brought up in and, and the lack of mentorship and leadership and being racist. Yeah, being racist in the streets. And we don't talk enough about that among ourselves. In fact, one of my pet peeves, I'm going to get off of this. Get off my soapbox. You're fine. Uh, one, of pet, one of my pet peeves is that we, especially as black people, we tend to talk about what the news, what's in the news rather than what's really important to us. And once again, I just repeat, God, family, yeah. education, and business development, creating wealth. And so yeah. I hear us talking about all kinds of, uh, uh, of other things. Anyway, uh, so that's one thing I wanted to get the message out to our young people because my thing is, man, my sister, you can be anything you want to be. And yeah. if you don't believe me, tell me what you want to be, and I'll show you how to be it. And I don't want to talk to me about all the obstacles and what happened to you 10 years ago or what happened to us 400 years ago. Let's focus on the future. And yeah. you have the talent. You have the human capital. We do have that to do anything we want. So I, I really enjoy having uh, business people like you on this show to get that message out to people. Mm -hmm. I mean, and if we... Uh, and we had the same dedication in other fields that we have in sports and entertainment. Uh, we'd be unstoppable, but somehow they've scared. We've uh, turned away from my fields, computer science and engineering and stuff like that. We've turned away from finance, investment. Uh, if we ever went there, well, yeah, we were there. I mean, we had Black Wall Street and everything. So yeah. those are some yeah. of the things right. I'm out there talking about. You probably. Hardly ever hear me talk about the normal stuff that people want to talk about. In fact, unfortunately, I kind of have to stay away from around some of the people because that's all they want to talk about, things I'm not interested in. <laughs> uh, we, we, we've gotten uh, a message out to our young people uh, what they can do if they want to start a business the attitude, they have to go in with it. Uh, so let's end it on just a positive message that goes with your positive personality, your positive achievements and things like that. And your wait a minute, Taylor, before we even go there. What? My editing guy might decide he want to cut some of this out. Uh, before we even go there, uh, when we first talked, I might have to ask you this off, off camera because what our audience needs to know, we do have a chat before we go on and look at afterwards. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, Am I, did I hear you indicate that you are now engaged to marriage or uh, uh, were you that, uh, did I just hear something? Uh, maybe the Lord spoke to you that it's coming, but um, <laughs> it is not so. <laughs> but, uh, okay, well, let's, let's hear this out. So end it with a positive message. Uh, to our audience, and especially, and in, in, in I have to be 100% real, uh, I think about our young black uh, children and youth, and I think about all the negative things that they hear, how tough it is, how unfair it is, and something that lets them know that they are a lot more in control of their life than the media, some of our leaders or whoever 
would lead them to believe? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, some something that you can do. Well, because I think some, something that you said is that they're watching all this news and social media and basically consuming information, right? That allows them to have these certain thoughts, right? And I, instead of trying to stop the thought, stop consuming the information. That is honestly what I do, right? I'm not sitting here looking at the news. I'm not following uh, the shade room. I'm not following. There's something called ATL scoop. And all they show is crazy stuff that happens in Atlanta, right? So, you know, I have friends that'll say, oh, I'm scared of coming into the city because, oh, did you see that thing that happened on ATL scoop, right? I, I don't follow any of that stuff, right? If it's not positivity, I'm not watching it. If it's about if it's about who shot who and this happened and now woe is me and and this tragedy and that this that and the third right I don't watch it I don't read it I don't listen to it I literally stay in my own mind at all times I'm I'm when I'm walking around the park this morning I was listening to I am affirmations for half an hour when I wake up in the morning, I'm listening to motivational videos to help me start my day. I'm listening to positivity. And that's the information that I'm consuming because if you sit here and listen to things that are just constantly negative, you will never be able to pull yourself up out of whatever situation you're in to get from A to Z. I know I'm, I'm trying to get to Z. So I need to be reading books. It, 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 it's really that simple, right? That's the information I need to be consuming. And if you're consuming other things, then you're just going to be stuck. And you're going to be stuck in this, this mind loop of tragedy because there, there are a lot of bad things happening in this world. And I'm not saying to be completely blind to them, right? There are things that you can do to help in your lane, right? There are things that you can do that help with your hobbies, your passions, your service, whether it be in the church or out in the streets, as Pastor Darius Daniel says, right? Where, wherever that is, you can still make a difference in the world. I'm not saying don't do that. However, you can do that with having blinders on, right? You don't need to have peripherals and be looking at everything that's going on. Have blinders on, have focus, and only do things that are within that lane. I love that answer. So here's one of my 10 stories on that subject. Uh, <laughs> I tell everybody, I'm just very glad that my parents raised me to focus on me. Yes. And I'm just so glad I had adults in my life that put what I was hearing in the world in perspective. And I'm so yes. glad that I was raised where life was just very simplified for me. God the world and you. And yeah. that's how they got up it. And I'm just glad. And people find it strange, but I never remember any adult in my life talking to me about racism. I, I always thought I could be anything I wanted to be because it I, I wasn't I didn't have all that in my head. And so mm -hmm. I'm concerned that people there are people out there who have a vested interest in pushing all the bad things that's happening to us and the racism and stuff without us understanding that with God on our side and us making good choices and having great values and great habits and things like that, 
uh, we can be anything we want to be. Now, Absolutely. I am a mathematical kind of guy, and I know nothing is very few things are one hundred percent. And actually, when I was an engineer, we never said one hundred percent. Ninety nine point nine nine was all we did. Yeah, but uh, uh, if you do those things, your chances of succeeding in life and being happy and joyful is high. Uh, yeah. You mentioned social media. I mean, we got everybody thinking they have to be rich and famous. And if you're not rich and famous, you're a failure. And I'm a, yeah, look, I tell people, probably a little exaggeration, a little hyperbole. I had a perfect childhood, but we didn't have much money. So a lot of my friends and family don't understand me because I don't, I don't put a lot of value in money because I know that's not where my joy and happiness come from. Yes. And I wish a lot more of us thought that way. But unfortunately, uh, the internet is raising our children in a lot of ways because we're not there. And you, what you said, I suggest, I suggest, the whole country, I suggest, just take a week and turn off the news. Don't even listen to it. Yeah. And other sources and I was fortunate from a culture where, you know, this is so wonderful. Uh, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have social media. But you know what we had? We had adults, elderly, elder people in our lives that we could just go sit on the porch and, and talk drink some lemonade and talk about three or four hours. Yeah. And yeah. I'm blessed that even with all the issues that's going on in my hometown, because it's just one world now. We were isolated when I was growing up. Uh, no matter what the youth are into, they still find time to just go sit down and talk to the elderly people there. In yeah. fact, uh, it's kind of sad that we don't appreciate it. In fact, this there's only a few of our elders are left. And there's so much wisdom there, man. I mean, just, and I'm afraid we're going to lose it. Uh, I had this idea of just taking a camera and going uh, videotaping, sitting down holding conversations with some elderly people and just videotaping it for the future. Okay, I've talked too much. Uh, Taylor, uh, really, really enjoy, as always, talking to you. Yes. The spirit that you bring. Uh, we're going to meet in person one day. That's yes, what, we should. I, I, I told you this when I was last time I was in Greensboro. Somebody told me at your I forgot the name of the streets that your center is on, but uh, what's the uh, name? South Eugene, yeah, Eugene, yep, Eugene. Uh, your center on Eugene Street, and somebody said, I think that's her going there, but uh, whoever it was, we're getting in the car and pulling off. But we will meet one day. In fact, I'm gonna go on one of these getaways, me and my wife. We're gonna go on come one through, one come through. And, and the other part of it is that I have an opportunity to do some business in Africa, and I might want to. I want to call you and talk to you about your international business because that's what we're trying to achieve too. By the way, Taylor, you maybe you text me because I, I I was telling my text app I don't think I have a phone number, but I almost blame her not giving out a phone number because she don't know who she's talking to. Text me an uh, email. I'm gonna send you my. Uh, number text me. I want to get in touch with you about some of the things you're doing internationally, and once again on some of the getaway, if you don't mind. If you mind, just just respond to my email and say, "Forget it, lady." <laughs> I don't know who you are. Uh, no, you you're say, fine. You're fine. You might say, "Well, let, let me talk to your wife first. <laughs> but I I do want to follow up 
And I do want to talk about some of the international strategies you got, because I think that is part of, should be part of our business development strategy. So you have a great evening. By the way, what are you, uh, what are you fixing for dinner tonight, Taylor? Before you go, what do you have? Um, I've got a roasted salmon with mm. uh, some spinach and a cauliflower mash. Ooh, sounds healthy too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. I do eat pretty healthy. Uh, I mean, I did uh, have some popcorn with white chocolate on it earlier today. Ooh. Popcorn with white chocolate. Yeah, I really like something sweet and salty, so I just, you know. I just whipped it up in a pot real quick. Me and my grandson, we are such popcorn fanatic. I'm a popcorn fanatic. And really? I, if, if it comes to my house, I always got popcorn and I always got something pop. And I, I bought a little oil of a red barker popcorn oil. Yeah. Because I, yeah. Because if I buy regular oil, I come in one day and I can't, it's not, nothing is there for me to pop popcorn. I just get a, a, a craving for it. So we might have that in common also. So go out and enjoy your salmon. Uh, we'll be, we'll stay in touch. And I think one of these days, God is telling me we might, we might even do some distance together some type of way. So thank you very much. And thank you for being the person that you are, like I said. All right. Hey, audience. Miss Taylor Woods, CEO of Aste uh, Beauty Supplies. And what's the name of your, like, development company uh, give us that name again uh, so my property management firm is called Taylor Made and oh, then wow. uh, our commercial real estate is WO9 and if people, our audience want to know more information about Ashtate products uh, just go out and search it on uh, the internet and I'll bring you to your website is that Absolutely. We're just ashtay.com. A-S-H-T-A-E. All right. So I'm going to end it where I begin it. Begin it. Uh, all guests are created equal, Ashtay. <laughs> don't tell other are, guests this. But some are more equal than others. But hey, you don't know. I might be saying this to every guest, you know. That's true, <laughs> true. That's no, teasing. teasing. But you are special, and I really appreciate uh everything you bring to the table and what you're doing out there and the example you're setting and we might even have you come to Minneapolis and speech one speak one of these days so you have a great evening it's been a joy as usual thank Ms. you so Ashley, Ms. Taylor everybody uh, thank you Taylor have a great evening thank you